no five and no six. I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, nature going home. I missed my life, missed my wife. For 15 months, she was all alone. But when I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't all right. I didn't reconnect with him. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera. I fixed the lens, and now I see him focus. Now my life's unrecognizable from my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years. Of marriage, it's never been better than this. And we got three kids, that's who I do it for. I'm gonna be a leader, I'm a leader, wait, cause I'm a firm believer. We can do anything we want. If I said it, then I meant it. I probably already did it. Consider it done. Consider it done. If you need some inspiration, you should play this championship leadership podcast. Hey, Bailey. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Championship Leadership Podcast. And today, I'm extremely excited. Um, somebody that I've been following, I, I came across uh, this individual, our guest today. Um, it, was, it was years ago, reading one of his best-selling books, Ultra Marathon. And um, I wasn't necessarily a runner at the time, but, but I wanted to run after I finished that book. Like, it really... Uh, loved loved his books and and uh, he's got a number of other books out there that, and more that he's working on. The guest today is Dean Carnazzi. He he was uh he was named as one of the top 100 most influential people in the world by Time Magazine. Uh, he's he's won multiple multiple races inside of the ultra marathon world. You can find him at Ultra Marathon on Instagram. You can also check out his website his website ultramarathonman. Dot com and I'll get all that linked up. But thank you so much, Dean, for being here. I really uh, appreciate it. Excited to have you here. I, I'm excited to be on. I, you know, we've tried. Uh, it's been an ultra marathon getting this thing scheduled. So, uh, <laughs> we, we both got endurance. We both got endurance. Yeah. Yeah, but that's all right. You know, that's all right. That's it, it happened just how it was supposed to. So I appreciate you being here. This question, just to start things off, is. The name of the podcast is Championship Leadership. So, you know, what, come, what comes to mind for you when you hear Championship Leadership? What's that mean to you? You know, to me, a leader leads by example. And, you know, I, my greatest lessons uh, as a leader have come from having kids. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, yeah. you know, I've learned very early on that, um, you know, if you, if you tell a kid to do something, they do the exact opposite. <laughs> and, and, and they're very good at spotting hypocrisy. So as soon as you say, hey, you know, you need to exercise more, you need to eat better, you know, they look at you and they say, well, you know, if, are you eating well? Are you exercising regularly? So I think that, you know, a, a great leader is, is just a, a hardworking individual that leads by example. Yeah, that's so true. And, um, you know, I, that's the first time that we really had somebody uh, give that answer. But yeah, you mean, you, you probably look at some of the greatest championship leaders out there and it's a good chance that... Uh, they had a, a number of kids in the mix to help them become that leader, which brings me to like, yeah, tell us a little bit about your story. You know, like I said, I, I read your book, Ultra Marathon, and, and that kind of brings me to that. Like you came to a point, maybe you could share the story of how you, you became the Ultra Marathon man and how that's brought you to where you are 
today. <laughs> I, I like to say uh, my story started with bad tequila. <laughs> yeah. so, so, you know, I, uh, I, I, you know, I, I was a runner when I was a kid, but I stopped running when I was in high school. You know, I decided uh, running was boring. It was just a, it was a waste of time. And, you know, I had better ways to spend my time than, than, you know, hours and hours of running on trails in the middle of nowhere. So I hung up my running shoes in high school and, you know, went to uh, college, then went to graduate school and then, you know, decided I needed to go to business school. So I went to business school and I had a very comfortable corporate job in San Francisco. You know, I had all the perks, you know, stock options. I had a company car, you know, a 401k matching, all that stuff. And I wasn't fulfilled. I, you know, the, the formula I followed for happiness was kind of how things are, you know, prescribed to you. You know, you work hard in college, you get a good job, you know, you get a fat paycheck and, and happiness follows, but it, it wasn't working out that way for me. And I was in a, in a nightclub and, you know, in a bar on my 30th birthday doing what most of us do on our 30th birthdays. <laughs> I was, uh, you know, drinking with my buddies uh, and at midnight I told them I was leaving and they said, you know, hold it. The night is young, you know, it's your 30th birthday. Let's get another round of tequila. And I said, no, uh, instead to celebrate my 30th birthday. I'm going to run 30 miles. And they said, wow. you're not a runner. You're drunk. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I said, I am. I admit it, I'm drunk, but I'm still going to do it. And I literally walked out of the bar and started running south. And I, I knew there was a town 30 miles south of San Francisco called Half Moon Bay. <laughs> and that's, I set my sights for Half Moon Bay. And, you know, about 10 miles into it, I, I sobered up and I thought, what, <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, but it just felt right. It felt yeah. like it, you know, it's, it was something I needed to do. I finally felt some struggle and some hardship and I was doing something that was difficult. I mean, you know, corporate life to me just came so easy. And here I was, you know, I was in pain and I was struggling and I, you know, made it, I ran all night. It wasn't pretty, you know, I hobbled a lot and, and, you know, shuffled and crawled, but, uh, ran 30 miles that night and decided, uh, I was going to quit my job and become a runner. That's incredible. I, it really is. Did, did, was that something that you had like planned going into that? Or is it just something like you, you're with your buddies, you're drinking some bad tequila and you're like, did it just come like, I'm going to go, I'm out of here. I'm, I'm going to go for a 30 mile run. You know, something, obviously something had been welling up in me for a while. Okay. Like yeah. I realized I, I was having a midlife crisis pretty early on, I guess at yeah. 30, but I was starting to question everything. Mm -hmm. and starting to, to wonder, you know, I can kind of see the writing on the wall, like, all right, you're going to wake up at 50 years old, you know, you're going to be out of shape, <laughs> you know, maybe on your third or fourth marriage, you know, with a red yeah. sports car. Is that, is that <laughs> the life you want? You know, who right. cares if you're, if you're making a lot of cash in, in corporate America? And uh, I think just the wildness of running, of just doing something unscripted, uh, something raw and something hard just, it all kind of came together. And ironically, I, you know, I, I didn't even own running gear at the time. I remember I had these like uh, Reebok, like gardening shoes <laughs> that I was wearing. And I had these, uh, these silk uh, boxer shorts, you know, silk uh -huh. underwear. Yeah. So I, I just, I took off my pants and, and I was running. I ran in my underwear. <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible. Uh, that's good stuff. Probably a good thing that you were out uh, in the middle of the night when no one could see you, right? That kind of what I was thinking too. Yeah. 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 The next book that I read of yours, which is uh, 50 marathons, 50 days and 50 states. And I remember reading through that and it was just blowing my mind that someone would do that. And then of course, um, 
you know, I think it was also, I interviewed, had the opportunity to interview James Lawrence, the Iron Cowboy that did 50 Ironmans in 50 days in 50 states. And, and so what I just, you know, to take that back to like more of a championship leadership topic of conversation, like you've definitely been a leader inside of the running world, the ultra marathon world, the book with 50, 50, 50, again, that led, there's no doubt in my mind that that's, that James got that idea from you knowing that you had gone through and done that. I don't know if you guys have crossed paths or not, but you've definitely brought it more from running to like awareness for, for, for certain charities and, and different causes along the way. So like, what was that journey like? Was that something that just inside of you that you, you know, you just feel like, Hey, I have a lot of uh, recognition coming my way from some of the accomplishments that I have. Uh, was there just a natural tendency for you to be that leader and to step up and to serve a bigger cause through, through that? Or maybe you could talk to us a little bit about all of that. Yeah, yeah, sure. So, um, you know, to, to address uh, the Iron Cowboy, yeah, he, you know, we're friends. I, I totally respect okay. the guy. Yeah. I mean, the guy's, yeah. he, he's an animal. Yeah, I mean, yeah. what's not to love about the guy? You know, the, the idea of running 50 marathons in 50 states in 50 days, it, it's a little, it was a little different um, in that, you know, there, there are actually 50 marathons in 50 states, and you know, yeah. that exist where, yeah. you know, that I think he was just crossing state lines and hopping in a pool sometimes. And yeah, he was out. doing the distance. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, on a bike or something. Because yeah. I, I don't think there are. I'm sure there I mean, I, I've done Ironman myself. I, I know there are not 50. Not every state has an Ironman distance triathlon. Yeah, um, right, right. So, you know, given that that's, that was the format of, of my endeavor, you know, we, we ran the actual um, sanctioned certified marathon course in all 50 states. Okay. So we had a, an official starting line set up and we followed the course and we finished at the official finish line. And when I say we, I think that was the beauty of the event. I, we, you know, we had permits that people could join me. So you could sign up uh, like for the Boston Marathon in yeah. October. We ran the Boston Marathon course in October and there were a hundred people there running with me. Yeah. And, you know, we, we ran the course. It was amazing. And that camaraderie, you know, that group feeling is something yeah. I really want. I didn't want it to be about one guy you know, just uh -huh. pounding his chest saying, oh, you know, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go run 50 marathons. Look at me. I wanted it to be about inclusion and getting people together. And, you know, part of that to me was getting kids outside and running. You know, the charitable component was uh, for a foundation of mine called Carno Kids, which, you know, our mission is to, you know, inspire uh, and motivate and energize kids to get outside and get more exercise. So we invited kids across the country to join me for the the last mile, the Carnot Kids Mile. And at mile, you know, 25.2, there'd be hundreds of kids there from schools all around the area. And we'd run that final mile together through the finish line and then have a big party. So, so awesome. um, it, it kind of just organically came together and it was a pretty authentic fit. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Uh, incredible story, incredible journey. And, I, you know, I just can't imagine the logistics around it. And I know you talk about that a bit in the book and just everything that goes into that to make it happen. And finishing in New York, right? Is that correct? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, you know, I, I, I could do a different, you know, a separate business study on how we pulled off the event. But it was, yeah, absolutely. It was, a, it was a really incredible business case because, uh, to your point, the logistics were insane. Mm -hmm. And we, you know, we work with this uh, logistics agency that is expert at that. You know, they do yeah. the uh, Olympic torch run across the country. Yeah. So they're used to, to moving pieces around because um, at, you know, when I say we finished that, you know, that we finished the marathon at the official finish line, we had sponsors. 
So just like finishing any other race, we had sponsor booths, you know, where they're sampling their products, you know, at the finish line. And someone's oh. got to set up, you know, they've got to yeah. set up all those tents. They got to break down all those tents. You know, they got to cart around, you know, thousands of pounds of samples of energy bars and everything else, you know, Timex watches. So, you know, the, the, the logistics that went into that were incredible. And thankfully, you know, I, I was in a room with a lot of brighter people than me that, that <laughs> yeah. put it all together. I just, you know, they just said, you know, Carno, just shut up and run. Yeah. Like, I, I can do that. That's, yeah, that's yeah better. right. Better yeah. that way. Yeah. I don't want to, we don't want to minimize it to, well, all you have to do is go and run because all <laughs> you have to do is go run 50 marathons in 50 days in 50 states. But yeah. Um, yeah. That's, yeah. That's well, just, I mean, the, I, literally the running, I know this is funny to say, but the, the running was the easy part. Um, yeah. you know, the track, it was getting in a bus for eight hours afterward and traveling, but yeah. also, you know, I mean, I, I, you know, I wasn't just, you know, slipping across the state line and running a, you know, a GPS 26.2 mile course. Right. I was running a, a marathon with a hundred other people that all had copies of my books, you know, they had posters, <laughs> they wanted things signed. So yeah. you know, sometimes at the finish of, of the marathon, I'd be there for four or five hours signing stuff. Sure. So that, that was pretty, <laughs> that got pretty grueling. Uh, yeah. I can't imagine what, you know, talk to me. I've, I've always, I've, I've remembered this from the end of the book, like you kept running. And so, you know, I think this is an important thing to talk about. And I would just love to hear more of your perspective on what, what caused you to do that. I know when I've finished some bigger accomplishments for myself personally, a lot of times like the finish line is a little, it's, it's much more empty than I thought it would be. Right. And sometimes like, kind of lose focus of the journey along the way. But what was it for you? Was that at all what it was or what kept you moving and, and running? Cause you ran quite a while actually after that, correct? Yeah, no, you, <laughs> that, that, I think that's an interesting uh, element that I sometimes uh, overlook. And yeah, so I finished the, uh, the 50 marathons and, you know, I've been talking a little bit about what the, uh, what it became. It became this sort of monster in its own right, where, you know, there were thousands of people, in this kind of entourage following me around running with me. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's, I didn't, I haven't even mentioned the press I was doing along the way. Yeah. So not only was I signing stuff and, you know, taking photos and then I was doing press interviews and, <laughs> and it, it, toward the end, I was like, God, I just want to run. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, which is this kind other, of a this other crazy stuff, thought yeah. for a lot of people to wrap their heads around probably. Yeah. And so, you know, <laughs> I, I said to my wife, uh, you know, Julie, I, I'm not going to get on the flight home. So, you know, we live in the, in California and yeah. I finished with the New York city marathon. I said, I'm, I'm not going to get on the flight home. And she said, well, what do you want to do? And I said, I, I, I just like to run home. <laughs> <laughs> and I, she said, I'm cool with that. And I said, please yeah. don't tell it. Don't tell it. I just said, don't tell anyone. Cause I, yeah. I, I just want to, this is like something I want to do. So I, yeah, I literally, I went to Paragon sports. I bought a, a, a jog stroller you know, one of those uh -huh. kids to push kids in. Yeah. I, I loaded, uh, I had a North face gear bag. I loaded my North face gear bag in there and, um, <laughs> start, <laughs> just started running literally, you know, this yeah. following, literally watching where the sun would set, knowing that's West and just mm -hmm. trying to follow streets, you know, self navigating, just following streets that were heading toward the way the sun set and wow. just, yeah, ran, ran back home. <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible. I love it. Yeah, well, well, talk to us a little bit about like, yeah, what's, what's, what are you up to uh, now? Where's life got you today? 
Yeah. So, you know, I've, I've, I've built a life around, um, ultra marathoning, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and, and doing what I love and some, you know, it, it is what I love, but it also is work. You know, I have a yeah. lot of obligations and, you know, I've, I've learned to, um, I've learned to love social media. <laughs> yeah. Literally I've, 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 I so hated social media and just, you know, it just, it repulsed me. And, yeah. and then I came full circle where I said, you know what, you know, people enjoy following you because you're giving them something of value. So, you know, if you're going to post something and you're going to, you know, be visible on social media, make it, make it good for the viewer. Like mm -hmm. give, give them something that's a value that helps their life. And when I reframed it in that regard, you know, I, I learned to take a, you know, a, a, a deeper interest in, in, you know, in social media, which is such an important component of any athlete's life these days. Yes. So, um, you know, I'm taking that seriously. Um, you know, obviously I'm always working on my next book. I was saying that, uh, for an author, you're only as good as your next book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no, you know, anyone who's read your last book, they're like, all right, what's next? What's so, next? Yeah. Yeah. What is next? What do you know what it is? Yeah. So I'm, uh, yeah, I'm working on my next book right now. And, um, you know, what is it? It's, it's actually going to be, a, a, a kind of a, a sequel to my first book, ultra marathon man, which, you know, if you think of movies, you know, like uh, a franchise like Iron Man or something like that, you know, there's always yeah. that kind of, that coming of age book where you kind of get into, you know, that, wow, here's this whole world of ultra marathoning. It's so fresh and new. I can't wait to jump into it. And now the book is, yeah, well, I, I jumped into it and, you know, two, two and a half decades later, <laughs> I'm still yeah. doing it. So now it's more about, you know, you've dedicated yourself to what you love. You know, how, how do you, how do you keep loving the thing that you're now doing for work? And how do you stay relevant and, and how do you keep going? So it's mm -hmm. kind of about, you know, it's kind of about the, the aches and pains and, and niggles that an aging athlete goes through both psychologically and physically. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of my questions I think that I have is, you know, it's one that I, I often ask guests as well as when I think of championship leaders, they have this great vision and I'm just, yeah, what, what's, what is the vision for you of where you want to go? Cause it, <laughs> two and a half decades later, you've been a lot of miles on your body. Um, but it doesn't sound like you're done. Like what do you see yourself continuing to do this? What are you, you've accomplished a lot. You've, you've ran a lot of races. You've won some, a lot of races. What's the next big race that you have in front of you? Yeah. Maybe just let us know maybe near term vision of, of where you're headed and what you want to still accomplish. You know, I, I've kind of, built what I am, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, like it or not into what I am. And, um, <laughs> yeah. I, somewhere along the, the road, uh, people, you know, I, I always think it's so cliche to say that, you know, people say I inspire them, but uh -huh. I, I have so many messages from people that, that say, you know, you changed my life. Yeah. And, and I take that very seriously. I'm like, God, you know, that, that's, uh, that's amazing because you know, that, that's powerful to say you yeah. started running because you read about me. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm, I'm very, I'm very attuned to, uh, being the best version or the best me that I can be. I'm, I'm authentic. Like when people say mm -hmm. to me, wow, you've really, you've inspired me. You've really influenced me. I am what you see. <laughs> they're yeah. never going to, they're never going to be, you know, I, I mean, I hate to use bad examples, but I mean, I'm, they're never, I'm never going to be a Lance where I'm something, I was something other, you know, I'm saying one yeah. thing, but I'm yeah, actually absolutely. something else. Yeah. Uh, so I've tr always tried to stay true to myself, which means 
you know, I work out like crazy. I cross train like crazy yeah. because I want to stay in shape. I want to be, yeah. you know, if people see me, uh, I, I got to be in good shape because I tell people <laughs> it's so important to be in good shape. Yeah, you know, they I, come across I, fat Dean Carnazzi and they're going to be like, what yeah. the heck? <laughs> yep, and, and, you know, writing books, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's a selfish act, but in a lot of ways it's a selfless act because yeah. books can influence people. It's, they're powerful tools. And if you, if you do it right, you can motivate people. And, you know, to be able to motivate someone to me is, is kind of the highest calling. Like I, you know, when, when I get a letter or an email that says you changed my life, I mean, that's worth a million dollars to me. You can't put a price tag on that. Like I, I, you know, it's, it's, I don't know. It's just my calling. So I'm going to keep pursuing it to the best of my ability for as long as I can. Yeah. (laughs) Who knows how long that'll be, but we'll see. You know, because of what you've done, you have the audience there. um, So you, you know, there's a reach, right? You have a big reach. And it's, it's good to hear that you have, there's a sense of feeling of, of responsibility for what you do and, and being that example, knowing people are watching and not wanting to be something different, you know, off the course than you are on, right? Or in the, in the spotlight than you are off. And, uh, you know, using Lance is, is the example there. But there are many people that unfortunately do live that way, right? They're kind of one person on stage, another off. And, uh, just, well, I, mean, I think that, you know, the, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to, you know, um, bad mouth Lance too much. I mean, you know, oh, we all know what, yeah. what went down and, you know, I, I yeah. mean, you got to respect the guy on, on a certain level, but you know, I think the me too movement has really exposed a lot of men for yeah. <laughs> being something other than, you know, the, the, the upright model we thought they were. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you, you'll never find, I mean, you're never going to, I'll never get in snarled in that because I've, you know, I've, I've always been good to other people. I've always treated other people with respect, male or female. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, what is the next race? You got a race coming up that you, what are, what are you training for? Um, outside of life? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm perpetually training for something. I, uh, yeah. almost every weekend I, I've got a race. So I, okay. I've been, uh, I, I just did a, a partnership with, Spartan race. I don't know if you're aware of Spartan race. Yeah. Yeah. But they, uh, they're known as obstacle course races. Yep. Yeah. But uh, they wanted to do just a pure trail race. They said, you know, we have the obstacle course races available uh, and that's well and fine. And they're a lot of fun and they're tough and everything else. Yeah. But they want to do just pure trail running as well, where there's no obstacles, you know, the obstacle I say are, you know, in your head. I did a, you know, one of their races last weekend, uh, this weekend I got a 50 K, you know, the weekend yeah. after that is the Napa Valley marathon. Uh, the weekend after that is another sport, <laughs> sporting race in central California. And then I'm, uh, flying to Peru for a 50 mile race. And then from there to Argentina for a hundred mile race. Awesome. And, and that's how the next five weekends look. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love it. That's pretty, that's pretty much how it rolls the rest of the yeah. year. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Yeah. I, I believe I, um, I did a Spartan this summer in Fort, Fort uh, Collins, Colorado. And uh, I believe it was the first trail race they had was at that event. And so I did the Spartan like Saturday and then did the trail run on Sunday. So Camille nice. Heron was there and Sabrina Stanley. Yep. And, uh, yep. One other gentleman was there as well that are in the ultra world as kind of the representatives like yourself. So, yeah, I was, uh, there was a, another event that same weekend 
on the East Coast that I was at. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I was at a, a, at a place called Bear Mountain in North Carolina, but I was, oh, it was awesome. the same weekend. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So what, what race did you do on Saturday? I'm curious. It was the, uh, super. So it was the nice. like eight nice. mile. Obstacle. Yeah. And then it was a 10 K the next day. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it was, it was fun though. Yeah. I loved it. I love that they're doing that. That's great. Um, well, and they just, you know, they just, I should say, we just announced a, um, a world, a trail world championship. So there's a, a world championship series now uh, that's oh, really? global. Yeah, it's actually global. So they've, they've uh, actually acquired a number of like iconic races across the globe, like oh, wow. Lavaredo and Patagonia Run, uh, La Ruda in Costa Rica, Trans Grand Canaria. Uh, so they, they actually, you know, those are now championship races. And okay. there's, there's a whole series with, with a quarter million dollars of prize money. So oh, they wow. really stepped up. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, We'll have, to get you out for, we'll have to get you out for one of those. Yeah, definitely. I would love that. That would be, uh, that sounds amazing. Badwater is the lowest point in the Western Hemisphere. So it's 282 feet below sea level. Yeah. And, you know, 135 miles from that is, you know, the, the highest point in the contiguous U.S., which is Mount Whitney. It's actually a little bit further than that if you go to the very top of Mount Whitney. But the, the race ends 135 miles from Badwater. And it's in July. Temperatures, you know, can get up above 130 degrees. So <laughs> they don't call it the world's toughest foot race for nothing. Yeah. And yeah, I, um, you know, I, I, that's where I first met Lisa. Okay. Is at Badwater. And obviously she impressed the hell out of me. Yeah. Uh, one that she was just so gritty and so tough. Yeah. And she really showed me, you know, <laughs> how bad things can be. And, and you can still keep going. I mean, she, uh -huh. she grunted that thing out. You know, I've, I've done it now um, <laughs> 10 times. Wow. And I, I told my family, I said, I'm stopping at 10. And every year the registration, <laughs> every year the registration comes up. I mean, I'm looking at that thing. I'm just looking at the register button saying, don't hit that button. Don't hit that button. <laughs> but I'd love to go back at a point just because yeah. it's, it, it gets in your blood. I mean, you'll see when you're out there. I believe it. Uh, and I tell people, you know, if, if you want to experience something that's about as far away from planet Earth as you can get while still being on planet Earth, you know, just, yeah. just go out to Badwater in the middle of summer wow. and, and experience. Just get out of your car and experience that heat and then think about people running 135 miles in it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It, it is hard to comprehend. And, and But, you know, I mean – the fact that the people uh, go out there like yourself and Lisa and many others and, and they do it, you know, it's a testament to what we really are truly capable of, which I think really is the draw for me to the ultras is just seeing what we really truly are capable of doing and overcoming. Um, because I think we, a lot of times in life quit way sooner than, than we, we should, right. Because we have way more in us. And so, but maybe you could tell us a little bit about just because uh, I do want to respect your time here and I know we're coming up on our time. What is uh, what's if you could, you know, what's a critical moment that you've had in your life where, man, things could be very different for you had you made a different decision. Um, <laughs> but you didn't. You know, you made the decision that you did. You had courage to make that decision. And it has you in this place that you are today. But but is there a moment that sticks out in your mind that, man, life could be very different had you not made that decision? Yeah, well, I mean, very clearly, um, you know, my decision to become an ultra marathoner, 
was yeah. Yeah. Uh, a, a radical departure from where I thought I'd see my life going, you know, yeah. from, the cor- from the corporate world to a runner. And I think the, the most profound moment in, in that um, transition was, uh, you know, coming into the kitchen one morning and telling my wife I was going to resign from my corporate job. And, you know, we, we're, our daughter was on the way, so our first child was on the way. Wow. And, you know, I was the only bread, I was the only one, she wasn't working at the time. She was, mm-hmm. um, she was a, a dentist, but was taking some time off to have our daughter. And so that, you know, that means stepping away from, that means no, no consistent paycheck, you <laughs> yeah. know, no health, all of a sudden no health care, right. you know, no car. Like I got to get back to company car. We don't have a car. And I, I said to her, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to quit my job. And she, she looked at me and she said, I wonder what took you so long. Wow. So with that kind of support, you know, That's I thought yeah. even if I like, if I fail, I'd rather fail and know that I tried than, like I said, waking up at 50 years old saying, uh, you know, I wish I would have done this. I think, yeah, I think we always, we always regret the things we don't do mm-hmm. versus yeah. the things we do. Even if what we do is a mistake, it's, it's better to fail and say, well, I tried and I failed than to say, I wish I would have tried. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. It's, you know, that's a testament to just having those, those types of people. It's how, how powerful it is to have those, those types of people, whether it's a spouse or a friend or a, a loved one, whatever it is, someone close that that's just there to like back you up and say, yeah, I believe, you know, essentially she's saying, Hey, I believe in you and uh, everything's going to be all right, no matter what. So very powerful. Thank you. As we do wrap up here, what, what's one thing you could leave with the, the listeners that, you know, if they were to put it in, into play for themselves today, it would help, help them move forward. It would impact them uh, positively. Yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> to me, quotes, insightful quotes are just so mm-hmm. powerful. And yeah, I think one of the reasons, you know, especially my first book was so powerful and it, it impacted, it was so affecting to people is because of some of the things I wrote. And, you know, these are just things that insights that come to you, you know, mostly on the run. And, you know, I, I think you hit on th- this quote that, you know, I, I recently came up with in our earlier conversation. But, you know, the saying is, um, when you get to where you're going, keep going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like you said that, you know, the, the, the race finish is almost anticlimactic, right? It's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the journey's yeah. over. I mean, it, it's the journey that is to yeah. be savored. It's not crossing the finish line. So you know, all the North face who I, you know, is one of my sponsors has the greatest tagline, I think ever the greatest corporate tagline. That's never stop exploring. Yeah. And I think that, you know, your point that, you know, you finished that race, you, you got the medal and it was almost empty at that point. Like, yeah. ah, it's, it's done. Yeah. So, yeah. so you just need it. You need to find another, <laughs> another race. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, sign up for the next race. So. Uh, I appreciate you being here today, Dean. Uh, really do. Thank you so much for taking some time out uh, to be here with us. Thanks for having me on. Man. I, like I said, I'm glad we were able to connect and uh, thank you for continuing to pursue me. You, uh, you've got great endurance and uh, I hope we get to share some footsteps together one day. Yeah, me too. Uh, I would really love that. Thank you. In 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, Nature going home. I miss my life, miss my wife. For 15 months, she was all alone. But when I got back, I felt out of control. Feel 
feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't alright, I didn't reconnect with it. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera, I fixed the lens, and now I see in focus. Now my life's unrecognizable from my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years of marriage, it's never been better than this. And we got three kids, that's who I do it for. I'm gonna be a leader, I'm a leader. Championship Leadership Podcast.